Welcome to the third episode of Trainers Lifestyle, a podcast by Trainers Forum. My name is Oscar War. I'm your host, a productivity habit coach and trainer. Today, we're going to explore the topic of Erasmus Plus, which is an organization in Europe, which my guest Romy will talk all about. She is originally from New York, but has lived in Europe for the eight, past eight or nine years and is professionally a trainer who has been delivering training sessions all over the world. Her latest project is called The Purpose Project because she wants to open up hearts and people to help them find their purpose. She's also highly skilled in topics such as leadership, emotional intelligence, and human rights. Hi, Romy. How are you doing? Hello. Hi, Oscar. Thanks for that introduction. So today we're going to look at um, Erasmus Plus a lot, right? Because you are the one that introduced me to this and... You've been working with it for the past few years, right? As a trainer and I guess as a participant as well a few times. And yeah, could we start with what is the Erasmus Plus project? Sure. So the Erasmus Plus uh, program is actually a program funded by the European Commission. So many people in Europe know about Erasmus and, you know, Erasmus is studying abroad for a semester or a year in another country. Erasmus Plus is a bit different because it's more, it's short-term projects. They're usually between, typically between seven to ten days, but even they can last shorter. They could be even two, three, four days up until 21 days. Um, and we have, under this program, we have different, um, under the Erasmus Plus program, we have other different, let's say, sectors. So we have a youth exchange, which is, short-term projects for young people in Europe who are aged between 13 to 30 years old. Mm -hmm. And we also have training courses, which are, um, let's say, it's very similar in nature. They both use experiential learning, non-formal education, but training courses tend to be a bit more intensive because they are designed for youth workers, educators, um, anyone, any kind of profession that's really working with young people. Um, so even if you have, you know, you're volunteering in the summer as a camp counselor, the idea is that you can develop more tools and training courses and then be able to share them with young people when you go back home. Um, these are, let's say the two programs we can, I would focus on now for this, for the idea behind this podcast, because they're trainings, um, they're non-formal, ex experiential, mm -hmm. um, but there is also just for anyone who's listening and curious to learn more, there is another program um, called European Solidarity Corps, which is focused more on volunteering opportunities um, as well. So definitely, I encourage you to check that out if you're interested in that. <laughs> cool. We'll get back to um, how to apply and all this stuff probably towards the end. But so how did you get into this as a trainer, actually? And what is your job technically? In this community? Sure. So I, even though I'm from the United States, I've, as you mentioned, I've been living in Europe for quite a while. Um, I'd say I first discovered Erasmus Plus when I was living in the Republic of Moldova and I was volunteering there. And one of the, the great things about Erasmus Plus is that it's typically for, um, not just citizens, but also residents of different European countries. Um, as let's say there is also a distinguishing factor between program countries, which are more European countries, um, in the EU who are 
giving a lot of money for this project, but also you can have projects with people in what we call the MENA region. So um, I just came back from a training in Jordan and Tunisia and Morocco, but also you can even work with other countries far outside, um, even in Asia and South America, but it's, let's say, more rare. So I don't want to say that it's only for Europeans, but typically, yes, it is primarily, the majority of participants are European citizens or residents. Um, so when I was in Moldova, mm-hmm. uh, someone just said to me, yeah, we're looking for a Moldovan resident to go on the project and you'd go to Armenia and it's about, uh, it was a youth exchange about street art and culture. And I said, wow, this sounds amazing, but I'm not Moldovan. Can I go? And they said, yeah, but you're, you're a resident. And, um, I went and I really had no idea what I was getting myself into. It just sounded great because... I was participating, yes. I was a participant. This is how I first learned about Erasmus+. Plus. So I said, it sounds great. They're going to pay for my food and accommodation and my travel. Awesome. It's basically free. And yeah, so I said, okay, let's try. What happens? And uh, I went to, to this project in Armenia as a participant. It was really amazing, both for the methods that I learned and the experiential approach to the topics of culture and street art and Mm. community change and you I spent 10 days with people from I don't know six or seven different countries it was so inspiring and I came back and said wow that was one of the most incredible weeks I'd ever had I connected so much with these people you usually when you go to an Erasmus Plus project you walk away saying these people are family So I kind of became, let's say, addicted after that. I just started going to as many different projects as I could. Um, That was the the first project I went to was a youth exchange. But since I was starting to work as a, let's say, a a youth worker in Moldova and later Romania, I, I just started attending training courses. And I loved them because I was learning a lot of excellent tools and methods Mm. that I could use when I came back home with the young people I was working with. Super cool. Yeah, like I like I've also experienced it's a bunch of people that come together and you always feel like you connect with them in a really good way. I would say, I guess no matter what the project is, but you've probably been on more than me. Um, so what's the overall goal of Erasmus Plus then with this, these youth, youth exchanges and training projects? I think... Well, the let's say I think the overall, the real reason why the European Commission does it is to create a more united Europe. And so many people, they often they say, like, I feel more European. And we're the beauty of it really, let's say, is more that we're able to separate our differences and come together and see what we have in common. Um, but I'd say that on a, besides that, I mean, for me, a, a big part of the aims is training it's about education in a fun experiential way it's about opening minds creating more access to travel um, because obviously it's it can be very expensive Mm -hmm. to fly here and there and and pay for it yourself and so it provides opportunities especially for those who don't have so many i i think i think it also really focuses on the capacity building and development of the ngos both who are sending and hosting different projects um and I really have to say, I think, I mean, I think it's amazing because otherwise that, I mean, that's now what I, what I'm doing right now with primarily in my work after doing so many trainings as a participant, I finally said, okay, this is how can I do it myself? And, and it's, 
the beauty of Erasmus Plus is mm-hmm. that anyone can do it. I mean, it's it's really open for anyone who wants to, who has an idea, who is creative, who wants to make an impact. They can write their own project. And eventually, once you do enough and you do enough youth exchanges, you can grow and, and do more training courses and make it more as a profession in a way. Ah, that's super cool. But if you're creating a project to bring all these people together, this for example, this sounds like a super cool idea, but it's the first time that you're hearing about what an Erasmus Plus project is about. Um, I'm guessing you wouldn't get paid to be a trainer at an Erasmus Plus project, right? You just get your travel refunded and everything is paid for, but there's no uh, salary, right? Yeah, I mean, it depends on... It depends on what kind of project. For youth exchanges, you're not mm-hmm. supposed to get paid because unless you're, I guess, the project coordinator and you're organizing all the logistics and these things, there should be maybe some funding for you. But the budget is still very limited, one. And second of all, behind the mission of uh, the European Commission, it's not that for youth exchanges, you're not a trainer. Uh. You're not supposed to be a paid You're not supposed to be a paid trainer. It's more that we're all facilitators. We're all learning from and with each other. And so you should be dedicating your time and attention to that. I mean, let's say that there is there are still some people who find a way. But especially if it's your first time, yeah, you should develop and see what it's like. I know many people experience many other kind of projects or, tra- or training programs, but Erasmus Plus can be a bit different. So it's interesting to try, do a few youth exchanges and volunteer. And then eventually, yeah, once once you feel that your qualifications are or your skill set is high enough and you're ready mm-hmm. to move on to training courses and deliver trainings, essentially trainings trainings for trainers, trainings for educators, um, for anyone who's 18 plus. I forgot to mention that training courses, sometimes you can have people who are 18 and sometimes you can have people who are in their 60s and it's all beautiful and welcome and diverse. But for training courses, you can get paid, yeah. Yeah, but for youth exchanges, there's a different age limit, right? Right. Youth exchanges are 18 to 30 unless you're a group leader who kind of helps manage the group. And you, you don't have group leaders on training courses, but you have it on youth exchanges. And group leaders can be anywhere from 18 up. They don't have an age limit, but the majority of the participants, they have to be between 13 and 30. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I guess f- so for training courses, you could get paid but for youth exchanges, uh, not. But of course... um from what I know, it's usually you're working with NGOs that are organizing the events and the logistics part, at least. Mm-hmm. So I guess, yeah, they have staff that need to be paid. Yeah, how would it work to set up a project? Because I am setting up a project, and from what I understand, it's you need to bring a lot of different NGOs from different countries, but sometimes you don't know the people. And, of course, probably the best thing is to participate in one, but how does it work to set up a project? Yeah. So when you're when did you end up Oscar? Can I ask you? Did yeah, you yeah. end up writing a a project? Um, did you submit it? No. Well, we've written it and we were about to submit it, but then we were like, oh, there actually were quite a few things missing because hmm. it's a lot of detail. <laughs> yes. And yeah, me and Eleni, that we were writing it together just to have all the documents ready, but. But you can always submit it for February. Yeah, exactly. So that's what we're doing now. We're like in the end, we were rushing. I've, we felt a bit, and w- the Greek 
NGO that we wanted to submit through were wanted to help us, but we said we didn't want to like take advantage of the generosity by asking them to like review it a few days before it was due. So we said yeah. let's let's take our time and submit it in February. That's good. That's great. Yeah. That always helps. Wonderful. I'm excited. Let me know how it goes. For sure. So we still want to do it for um like end of August, I think, in Greece. So great. The Feb- yeah, February deadline is is good. Cool. So about how do you set it up? Okay. So one thing that's really important is to know your partners. I cannot stress this enough. And as you mentioned, I think one thing that really helps is to go to a few different projects. You meet people, you get to know different organizations. Um, Of course, you never know 100% from the participants you meet if the organization behind them is really reliable or not. But I can tell you, I've now done, I think, 40, 45, I don't know how many projects I've done now. But all the projects that I've organized, they always end up being much better when they are people that I know, that I trust, that I've worked with, that we have the same kind of values behind ourselves than just partnering, even if it seems, oh, really cool, I'm going to this really exotic location that I've always wanted to go to, if you don't know know the people. True. Mm-hmm. Because NGOs send the participants, right? So each country sends their own participants, yes. Yes, good point. So what happens is that when you write a project, you are partnering with the organization, not the people. So you really need to know the organization because they you, you create a mandate that basically agrees that they're together, you have this partnership and they will send X number of people. For youth exchanges, you must have a minimum of five people from each country. Um, but for training courses, you could send even one, you can send three, you can send, it doesn't matter. You can always send more from each country, but you partner with the organization and then you decide who is going to be the hosting. So for example, if you want to do a project in Greece, okay, this organization will be hosting, but we want to have people from Spain, Italy, I don't know, Tunisia, or I don't know, Armenia, who will come as well. Um, And that's, it's really important, as I mentioned, that you know the partners and you trust them because there's so much work that goes into logistics. And obviously, even if you come as a trainer and you say, okay, I'm creating the program, I'm creating the content, but if the logistics are not properly organized, it will eventually affect your training. So really, it's important to know the organizations, who they are, have many Skype meetings with them beforehand, make sure you're on the same page, you have the same values, etc., etc., So when you're setting up uh, the project, you have the mandates. This is something I know that is different than other projects because it is a kind of a shame that you can't just say, I'm doing this project here, who would like to come? And you open it up to the Mm. world, which I would really love. But in a way, it's kind of how the Erasmus Plus program does quality control to make sure that this organization, you know, really, there's a need for it because why are, mm. why is that organization sending those people to your project and about that topic? It, you must kind of show that there's a need for it. So you have the, the partnership agreement. You also have to prepare the application form and that's, you know, is quite detailed, has a lot behind it. But the beauty is that you don't have to create your own budget. They create the budget for you based on how many days, based on 
um, based on the travel, they see the distance, they tell you the travel allowance you have, they tell you the daily per diem allowance you have. So you don't have to create a budget like you do with other grants, but you do have to write a lot of questions like, why do you need this? Why is there a need for it? What will you do? What are the activities you create the whole program and the schedule and submit it uh, for them to review as well. Well, and how, how long does that take usually? To, to write the application? I guess so, yeah. <laughs> I think it, de- it really depends on each person. I'd say one thing that really helps is writing. When you write your first youth exchange, for example, it really helps to divide the tasks right so if you're if usually what happens like let's say on many youth exchanges you have five let's say you have five or six different countries partnering together on a youth exchange what works really well that makes really excellent quality projects is if you know the people you have you already know who the group Mm -hmm. leaders are from each country and they are going to be coming together and working together as the facilitators or trainers for the for the project and it really helps if you can divide you create the project together you divide the tasks together because there's the questions there's about 16 and it's much less work if you have four five six people working on it then you try to do it all yourself so it's hard for me to tell you a number because I've I've done both. I've divided it with many people. I've done it by myself. I've done it over the course of a month. I've sometimes done some things crazy in the last three days before the deadline. So it really depends on each person. But what I can tell you is there's about 16 questions and you each question has 2,500 characters limit. Hmm. So... And it is a lot of work. Very specific. Yeah, I guess you've done it a lot of times. So that's true. Yeah, but that's that's the nice thing. I mean, you know, the first time I ever wrote a project, I was very, oh my gosh, is it right? Is it wrong? I don't know. Because mm. you don't really have an example, which is which now I realize is good. Like the European Commission doesn't give you an example of, here's what it should look like. Here's what it should say. Um, because mm. really there's so, there's so many different approaches to it and they're very open to seeing all those different approaches. And of course, the first few times I wrote a project, it took me a lot longer. Now that I'm in the rhythm, now I've written, I don't know, 16, 20, I don't know, something like this. It's, it becomes more natural and you know what they're looking for and you also know what you want to share in the application. So it gets easier with time like anything else. Mm-hmm. As you're saying, yeah, you've written a lot, but um, it's not guaranteed that all projects get accepted, right? Because it's it's an individual country that like judges based on I don't know number of criteria. Yes, this is another important thing to mention is that it's not that everybody is sending to the same place. Typically, you can send centralized things to Brussels and they can evaluate, but those are specific and different. projects most typically what people do and what's the most common um is that you submit to your country's national agency or let's say the country where the project will be held so if you're doing even if i'm from spain but i'm helping to contribute on for a project that will take place in greece we will submit it to the greek national Mm -hmm. agency and Every country is different, although there are quite similar regulations. Every every country really is different. And some countries, 
are very strict. Some countries are not as strict. Some people are, um, there's a lot of money and more projects are approved. Some are not, but I'd say it's hard because in Spain, for example, they don't really give so much feedback, but then you look at countries like Scandinavia or Poland and many other countries that give, or Turkey even, they give you pages back of feedback wow. from from your project that tells you, okay, it's okay if you didn't get approved, but if you make these changes, you can actually apply again with this and, and it's much more likely to be approved. So in that sense, it's it's really helpful if the national agency is more involved and, and great about giving feedback. Yeah, damn, that's great. And too bad, too bad, too bad for Spain, <laughs> yeah. though. But <laughs> I know. Sorry, I, I I don't mean to single them out. It's just because I I live in Spain, so I <laughs> I've submitted projects in Spain, and my feedback is not is not as uh, yeah as dense and and helpful as other countries. But each country is different, yeah. you know. Plus, you learn over the years. Exactly. Hey there, hope your ears are enjoying this so far. This is the mid-episode break. You're listening to Trainers Lifestyle, the podcast provided by Trainers Forum, the biggest community of trainers in Europe. Visit www.trainersforum.org to learn more about our work. Now, back to the show. So after you first participated in the project uh, in Moldova, Right. The way you got involved as a trainer, was that through organizing your own project or what? Did somebody reach out to you? You reach out to somebody? I think with Erasmus Plus, you really have to take the initiative. There's so many people that are working in Erasmus Plus. There's a lot of competition. There's a lot of people who want to become trainers. So you really need to take the initiative yourself. Um, I can be, I can just say that I'm very, very thankful after many years thinking, okay, one day I will have enough experience and feel confident to write my first Erasmus Plus project, but never did it for many years. Finally, um, let's say I went to a training course and the trainer was really insistent and said, this is the last deadline. It's the only deadline that exists. You must submit it. And I said, really, I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know if I know how to do it, but You know, it's it's like anything in life. If you don't take the chance, the answer is always no. But if you take the chance, it could be yes. So, um, so I, I have to say, I'm very, very grateful to to that trainer. She she helped me a lot. And so we met. Honestly, I I just met uh, some other wonderful people at a training course, and together we said, okay, let's make something together. And we just started writing our own project, and we actually ended up writing a youth exchange on emotional intelligence and. Awesome. Ours was not approved. Yeah, it was great, but ours was not approved the first time. But then we we decided to apply someplace else. It was approved. We were really happy. And from there, like I said, you just you create your own opportunities to be the trainer. After you have that, you can do more. You write more. And I'd say that only now, after it's been, I don't know how many years now, three, three and a half years working, let's say more on the training side than the participant mm -hmm. side. Now is finally, I'm getting people that are writing to me saying, Hey, I'm, you know, they see my skill set and they say, Hey, I'm having a training. I'd love to invite you as a trainer. But I remember when I first started, I thought, Oh, everyone was going to, you know, invite me or these things. No, you really need to create the opportunities mm. yourself. And once you do that enough and you work with enough people and you make a name for yourself, then, then you may be, be lucky and people will invite you. But it's the beauty of Erasmus Plus. You can make the opportunity yourself. Totally. And it's so, 
once you start going to certain events, then you like you'll meet more and more people. Yeah. So, yeah. And now I want to jump into like let's quickly cover how can you get involved in the beginning to become a participant. I know for me it was you reached out to me because we had met another event, and, uh, and <laughs> yes. you were delivering the training, so I went to your training course. Um. But how do you think um, people generally get involved in the beginning in Erasmus Plus or for people that don't know about it until now? So I know that now in this day and age, Instagram is taking over Facebook and nobody, many people now, young people especially, don't use Facebook anymore. But I keep telling a lot of people, if you don't have Facebook, get a Facebook, if only just for Erasmus Plus uh, <laughs> you know, opportunities. Because a lot of organizations are posting. There's so many Facebook groups out there that are Erasmus Plus in general. Um, but now they've done a great job about it for each country. So wherever you are, there should be some Facebook group that says youth opportunities and then the initials of your country, like mm. ES for Spain. And you can see um, for those... you. Yeah, it's it's really helpful because instead of just, oh, there's so many opportunities, but my country's not a part of that, so I can't participate. They There's a nice Facebook group for each country now that says, okay, these are projects that are looking specifically for people from your country or your where you're, resi where you're residing. Um, so that's really helpful to find opportunities. That's one. Don't underestimate Facebook. It's it's really great. Um, and the second one is that if you're more interested in training courses than youth exchanges, there's a website called Salto Youth. It's S-A-L-T-O-Youth.net. And okay. this website, they also have a training calendar. And you can see, you can even search and say, okay, I'm looking for projects for people from Spain, for example, if you're residing in Spain or Germany or wherever, and they will say, okay, here are all the results that are coming up or people who are looking for people from your country. So you can also look there, but they only promote training courses and not youth exchanges and Facebook. You see both. You see everything actually on Facebook. Oh, okay. I didn't know that there was that difference. Well, yeah, I, was, I get the Salto newsletter once in a while and see that yeah they, they post a lot of things yeah yeah i mean salto youth is is a great resource even besides the trainings they also have a toolbox you can have ideas for new methods and ideas there and you can even find uh trainers you can make a trainer's profile after you implement at least three training courses and you can also I, I still haven't done it, even though I've <laughs> I've done more than three training courses. But people say, okay, some some people find gigs through there, and they say, oh, we're looking for a trainer focused on this topic. So it's a great resource if as for trainers in general. Wow, yeah, for for myself, I think I see on Facebook like Facebook is only groups now. I think, and one of most of the groups that I'm part of are like training course groups. So definitely. Yeah, for the listeners, hop on and just join as many Erasmus Plus training um, or like yeah, youth exchange, op youth opportunity groups on Facebook because there are some posted daily, I think. Oh, yeah. yeah They're always so many. looking. There's so many opportunities out there. It's amazing. Yeah. So check it out. And all kinds of topics, right? Yeah, that's the beauty of Erasmus Plus is that there's really something for everyone. I mean... 
I've seen and done projects focused on emotional intelligence, but also on sports, on health, on environmental sustainability, on entrepreneurship, on human rights. I mean, there's really something for everyone. So, you know, whatever your passions or your interests are, I mean, I really encourage you to check it out because there's there's always something happening and really creative different topics that it's it's very inclusive in that sense. That's super cool. I don't have any other questions about Erasmus Plus right now, but I think it's I hopefully it's pretty clear to everybody. Um, well, what I'd like to know though is like, is you we were talking before the call about some cool projects that you have coming up about your training outside of Erasmus Plus as well. So you want to talk a bit about that? How how is this purpose project coming? Sure. Yeah. Why not? So I'm really I'm very excited because for many years it's been a it's been a dream to make a project about how to help people find their purpose in life, mm-hmm. especially because over the course of doing many different youth exchanges and training courses, I found this as a really big need around Europe. I I thought it was just Spain, and then I realized actually it's so many countries around Europe force you to decide at an extremely young age what you want to study in school, what professional path you want to take before you ever have any kind of tangible, practical experience to see if it's something that you actually want to spend your life doing or not. So it's it started as a, let's say, an interest I had to see how I could do it. I had many young people in my local community asking for this, and it was truly just an experiment. It started as an experiment, this purpose project that we had together in Poland. Um, but I have to say the feedback that we received from the participants, many people said it really helped them at least find more of a path or direction because you cannot really find your purpose until you start practicing and doing it and seeing if it works or not. But at least one thing I'm very proud about is many people said it helped them. Um, they, I mean, the feedback was, it was really incredible. It's people were so sweet on the last day. I was so sorry. This changed my life. I have a whole new clear picture of what I want to do. And it was such a beautiful feeling. And I said, this is actually something I really want to do. I, I really want to bring this more to audiences all over. So um, we, I mean, Alexandra, my 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 co-trainer and I, who we created this, this project together, she and I have already applied to do it more with Erasmus+. Plus. Um, and we're always looking to actually to see what other countries and who else might be interested to do it more. But I'm now also even doing it on the local level in my community uh, for high school students, and I'm doing it for university students here in Spain. And soon I have also interest in in the United States. I've had some universities reach out to me. They're interested, so I may go over there. I have some different organizations. So I'm trying to find a way now to adjust my purpose to bring more purpose to the world. <laughs> <laughs> Super cool. Uh, let's, I think it would be interesting to talk about the theory or at least the, yeah, the overall theme that you used in the purpose project, which is Ikigai, right? Is that yeah. say, that that's what you focused um, the project around, right? Yeah, that was definitely one one aspect of it. Um, Ikigai, which is a great... I mean, you know more about it, Oscar, if you want to share about it. But uh, it's, a, it's a Japanese model 
um, for purpose and it combines, it says like purpose is at the center or your ikigai is at the center of what you love to do, what you're good at, what the world needs and what you can get paid for. And many times as trainers also, you know, in, in our lives, we, we know what we, we know we love to do it or we find our strengths as trainers, but we can't always, let's say, find our niche in what does the world need and how can we use our, tr- our passion for training to help others or especially how do we get paid for it, which mm-hmm. is often always a struggle. So this has also been, you know, my journey over the past few years is finding my purpose, my ikigai in a way that can combine all these four and really gives me a much more fulfilling life that I'm, I'm really happy about. Yeah, it's a really beautiful model, especially in training as well, because like, I think trainers love diagrams and it's something that you can like really use because there are the four circles and you can try and explore each of the four circles of this Venn diagram to mix and match and find some kind of ikigai, at least that yeah brings you joy at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, when you think about it, what I like about the ikigai model is that it's very much more focused on per, like your profession or you know mm. a professional field um for that for that part of our life finding purpose and i like it because when you think about it we spend so many hours of our life at our jobs that if we only have you know we only have one life if we're miserable at our jobs it's really hard to not let that seep into other aspects of our life and look more overall at oh, things are not going well, I'm stressed, I don't like this, when it's really amazing when you can find your job that's something you love to do and you feel you're contributing and it's giving you meaning and you, you know, you're good at it and you also can be rewarded for it. It's, it's really can, can really adjust your, your quality of life. Yeah. Yeah. I, 100%. Um, every, for everybody listening, just go check it out. If you haven't heard about it, it's a, a really cool thing to look at and also to experience to see if which circle you might want to work on or yeah which one you're the strongest in and what you can improve basically how how are you um yeah explaining this because you're only one person right now and yeah delivering this everywhere will probably take some time well, I'm I'm with Alexandra, my fabulous co-trainer. So she and I, but we're two women, two women in an airplane. We're flying, trying, gonna try and fly around and, and deliver. But I mean, the beauty of of training courses of Erasmus Plus is, you know, I you were a participant, Oscar. Then mm-hmm. now you know about it. Now I've seen you sharing with other people. I've seen many other people go and they're training, and that's ultimately what it's about. It's not about mine or ours with Alexander's not our thing it's about how do we spread the message because it's something that's really helpful that can help so many people it's all about the yeah spreading that message and how can we teach each other to learn more deeply and yeah discover new topics like ikigai and the Erasmus plus projects since they're funded for European countries and a little bit beyond it's a really great opportunity are you planning on doing this in the U.S. very soon, or is this does this exist in the U.S. actually, like something like that? Oh no, Erasmus Plus doesn't exist in the U.S. I no. wish that's that's another dream I have for I don't know when, but I have many dreams. That's one of the dreams in my book is how to create the American version of Erasmus Plus because I do believe. I wish. Yeah. I wish too. I mean, we we need it. We need. This idea of bringing people together from mm-hmm. north, south, east, west, all different kinds of beliefs and 
bringing people together to focus on a topic and learn and grow and share together. It's something really beautiful and powerful. But uh, as of yet, no, we don't have Erasmus Plus in in the United States. But I'm I have just different again from word of mouth from people who have worked with me or seen my trainings. I have different people who have invited me to their universities or their high schools or their NGOs, different institutions. So lots of things in the work. Nothing is finalized, but lots of planning happening. And even I may soon do a training of trainers in the U.S. and even online. So we'll see. There is, there is let's say, there's a, definitely a demand for experiential learning more in the U.S., which I'm trying to bring in different avenues. That's awesome. Yeah. To bring the back the episode um to the beginning what does the trainer's lifestyle look like for you if you had to paint a picture what's hmm. your, what does that look like let's say i'm now <laughs> it's a funny thing that you asked my lifestyle right now i think from the outside because i'm just doing so many trainings right now i mean i'm i've spent i think the past 6 months I, every every month I'm in at least three different countries. Holy shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's it's something that I have reached a point I'm very excited for me. It's it's the end of the year. I'm looking forward to slowing down because I think my lifestyle is so on the go, on the go, traveling here, there. It's very exciting and adventurous for me. I I was talking to somebody a childhood friend of mine because when we were young I don't know in high school I said well whatever I do I'm definitely going to have a job where I travel all the time and she said Romy everybody wants to travel but nobody can make a career out of it it's something that you work at a steady job nine to five and you make enough money and then Wrong. you have a nice <laughs> vacation and I said no no not me that's not the lifestyle for me um so I have, let's say, created this lifestyle that I wanted on the go, travel, but at this point in my life, I do think I need a bit more balance. I would like to, not, I don't know if it's balance, but I, I would like to just stay home a bit more and have a, a little bit more time to relax instead of, okay, I'm home, got to wash the clothes, and immediately then in a couple of days, I'm in another country Pack doing again. something else. Yes, it's 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 crazy. Um, so I'm, I think the lifestyle is very on the go. It's a lot of travel. It's exciting, but I am looking forward now to be a bit more intentional with how many trainings I take on each month and how much time I do spend at home and, and that. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking forward to that. And you told me before that one of your life goals is to visit every country in the world. So Yes. If anybody listening wants to invite Romy to be a trainer in your country, like go for it. Cause she's, yes, she's great. please. <laughs> I just got I just got an amazing invitation last night from Egypt, so I may I may go to Egypt next year. <laughs> we'll great. see. That that was a dream of mine. But yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I, I'm surprised you remember that. It was always a life dream. It still is. I think now I, yesterday I was counting, it's been like 65 countries so far. Wow. But, but my goal is to go to everyone. If maybe I should change my goal and say to do a training in every country, that would be really amazing. That would be super unique. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please invite me. I'm happy to come wherever you are. <laughs> Great. Um, so we're nearing the end of the episode. And what I like to do is just make sure that um, listeners get something actionable. And definitely there are a lot of tips in this episode, but 
there's something that you have to help people to do right now or something they can take away from this episode, what would it be? I think if you are a trainer and you haven't yet explored the world of Erasmus+, Plus, my biggest advice to you is to go on those Facebook groups, go on Salto.net, find a project, whether it's a youth exchange or training course, see a few different ones, experience the power that it has, um, and then see if it's something that you want to make for yourself. My biggest recommendation is just do it. I mean, for so many years, I kept thinking, okay, I do I know enough about project writing? I was very confident in my training skills, but I said, do I know enough <laughs> about project writing to do this and organize this? It seems like so much. And literally, as I said, Erasmus Plus, the beauty is that anyone can do it. Um, sometimes that can be the downside that anyone can do it. So you try to make sure that where you go, they are really giving you quality. But if you're a quality trainer, you can provide that experience for, for someone and and don't be afraid and don't let all your doubts, uh, you know, say, oh, no, I don't know. Just go for it. You you never know. You never know. And, and it could open up a whole new world for you for training. Mm -hmm. So I encourage you to explore it. Definitely on trainers form. I think there are, are a few trainers that are involved in Erasmus Plus as well. But because like one of the ways that people communicate in our like community, you can say, is through like the Facebook group. So people ask mm -hmm. questions there and then they can find out. So, yeah. Yeah, if, if anyone has any more questions or is curious to, to get involved, you can always find me, I'm sure. I think I'm definitely on the Trainers Forum group, and you can find me. My name's Romy, R-O-M-Y. It's I, I doubt there's many other Romy's out there. So I'm always happy to answer and help anyone with any questions, for sure. Awesome. Is there any, any other projects or links you want to promote? You said people can connect with you on Facebook, LinkedIn. I think you're Romy Solomon, right? Yeah, my that's a good point. LinkedIn, Romy Solomon. Right now I'm gearing up to start my own training company. So that's okay. in the works. I don't yet have a name to show you. So in the meantime, you can reach out to me. And, well, stay yeah, tuned then. Yeah, stay tuned. That's it. Cool. Thank you so much for talking with me, Romy. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much, Oscar, for the opportunity. Great chatting. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and have a great day. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you want to get even more inspiration on Trainers Lifestyle and upcoming events in Trainers Forum, join our group on Facebook and follow our page on social media. We host a yearly conference and multiple local trainers meetings around Europe. The links are in the bio, but you can also Google Trainers Forum. Stay tuned and have a great day.